Welcome to the one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to one on one at Legacy Lake Sports Network. Hello, everybody. Darrell Lawrence, Legacy Maker Sports Network, and you are here for another edition of One on One here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. Better yet, episode 38 here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network of One on One. Very excited about this episode because I got a man who is one of the best in the game, in the podcasting game. Uh, he has his own podcast, The Real Deal with Damian Adams, and he is a member of, hold on, let me make sure I break it out popular. The three-point conversion. He is a member of one of the best sports networks around in the game. My man, Mr. Damian Adams. Damian, how you doing, brother? I'm doing really good, man. Appreciate that intro. Uh, you know, whenever I get to talk to people like yourself, it's a good day. Yeah, look, man, it's the same here, man. I'm so glad to have you on, man. When I started looking, I said, man, season two, who am I bringing on this bad boy? And I started looking on the list. I said, I got to have my man, Damian Adams. You know, I, I love the way you do a lot of your things, man. You know, the post-game uh, videos are always fun. You know, no, <laughs> when a loss, you you always out there. And I can appreciate that, especially after those Saints games. No, no matter what the situation is, <laughs> Damian's going to give you something to smile about at the end of that game, even in defeat, even in defeat. So first of all, Damon, the way we start this thing, we started off with the check-in. So I wanna check in on you and your family and how things have been going during the pandemic, you know, recently got married within the last year. And so just tell me how things are going with the family. Um, everything is going good, man. We've been blessed through this time where people may not be feeling blessed. Right. And um, that's something that we just have to be thankful for. You know, my wife, she's a nurse. Um, so she's seen things firsthand that makes us really thankful for our situation. Uh, and for me, I just have to be thankful for the fact that she was able, she has a job where she is needed. It's essential. Right. And it's something that um, she wasn't going to lose due to all the troubles that companies are having throughout this time. Um, for me, I've been able to do my passion. And during that time with even the break in sports, it made me better because I had to be more creative and think of different ways to cover sports and different topics to attack. So for me, even though it's been a terrible time for not just the country, but the world, it's been a time for me to grow, our relationship to grow. And I think that we really made the best of it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I, you know, it's crazy. First of all, I'll tell your wife, thank we thank her for all her hard work during these tough times. You know, usually it's weird when you said thank you for your service and you're like oh, a nurse, but they have really put in, I hate to say it, warlike service here in this last year. I mean, putting themselves in danger every day going to work. Uh, it takes a special person to go in there and say, you know what, I, I she could easily say, I give up, I'm done. Yeah. You know, but she's been out there fighting. So on behalf of Legacy Maker Sports, you thank her for us. 
Yes, I definitely will, man. And I, I let her know every day that, you know, because sometimes she's in it so deep that she doesn't realize how awesome she is and how right. I'm like, babe, you guys, nurses, doctors, social workers during this time, right? like all you guys just deserve all of the blessings. Like I was in the Navy. So a lot of times when we go out, people tell me, thank you for your service. And I'm like, right. my service was done. <laughs> <laughs> my service was a while back. I'm, I'm done. Thank her. She's the right. one that's serving now. Um, so yeah, it's something that I definitely appreciate. And when you have somebody in your life that is doing it, you see them come home from them 12 hour days and right. how tired they are, you really appreciate it. Yeah, man, it's been crazy times. You know, we, uh, like you said, as a country, we're just trying to get that thing together. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully we can eventually get it together. Hopefully, man. Now, Damien, uh, you know, obviously, we're, you know, us, we're both in the sports world. But I got to know from you, man, when you were little Damien, little, little DA, you little <laughs> DA back in the day, when that moment, when was that moment that happened? You knew as a kid, you're like, man, I know sports is my life. When did that moment happen for you? So for me, initially, I wanted to be a player like a lot of other people, right? I wanted to be a basketball player growing up. And it was Michael Jordan. I'm a 90s baby. Michael Jordan was the one who got me into basketball. Right. Um, it was the first game I remember watching. Um, I was five years old. He was playing against the Knicks, 45 jersey on, dropped a double nickel, and I fell in love from that moment. I knew I wanted to be a basketball player. And my mom had stories even before that that I can't remember of me when I was a baby having a little basketball. She got a video of me trying to dunk a basketball on a little mini hoop. <laughs> so for me, basketball was always, <laughs> yeah, basketball was always going to be in my life. Right, and, um, right, right, right. And then I fell in love with football, watching it on my dad. You know, watching some bad, some really bad Saints teams <laughs> in the 90s. But uh, I remember the moment where I knew I wanted to not only play sports, but also analyze sports and write about sports. Uh, well, for me, I remember when my dad was set to watch the draft. And this right. is back when the draft was on the weekend. So Saturday, oh, Sunday. man, the good old days, man. <laughs> good old days. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, my dad was set to watch the draft. And Mike Dicker traded our entire draft for Ricky. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not that draft. <laughs> and I remember my dad, he was all set, ready to watch the whole day. And was like, well, I guess we're done. <laughs> and then and I, that moment, for me, I was like, I wonder what people are going to say about this. I wonder how, and I was only, I believe, eight years old when it happened. But I just remember thinking like, oh, man, that's, you know, so interesting that that happened. And people are going, I wonder why people are going so crazy about it. Right. And I just knew I wanted to be in that world. And then from that point forward, other people really inspired me. Of course, the great Stuart Scott inspired me. Um, definitely. Rest in most peace. Definitely, most definitely. And from there, at first I wanted to be a sports center anchor. But then from there, I realized I wanted to give my opinion. And that's when I discovered Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> and uh he really inspired me i remember he had a show quite frankly and quite i remember watching frankly. him yeah doing the interviews yeah. and stuff like that and just seeing how even though he was out here saying the most crazy stuff these athletes would still come and do interviews with him he still had their respect and i really admired that and from there basketball football and boxing was a big thing for me as well watching roy jones jr in the 90s with my pops and those three sports really stay with me into this day that I love to death and just love to watch, analyze those three sports. That's awesome. You know, it's crazy because when you say something about the draft, 
So when I first met my wife, she said, why are you watching this and what's happening here? So she didn't realize, you know, from 93 was the first draft that I remember watching. That's the Rick Meyer draft. I think it was Rick Meyer. Oh, my God. Who was in the I can't believe who I can't remember who the first pick was. Oh, it wasn't Jim Harbaugh. But anyway, I think the Colts had the first pick of that draft. And I think there's also the draft that Mel Kuyper had that whole issue with the Indianapolis, uh, you know, making bad picks and all that stuff. Oh, so I remember classic. watching those drafts and up as a kid. And then my, my mom said the same thing. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, look, I need to know. You know, yeah. you, you had, you know, you watch, I watch sports and every day you had to know what you, it's like, when I went to school, people were like, oh man, how do you know that? I'm watching sports and every day. Yeah. I was on it, on it, on it. So in the same dream, you get into a point, you say, well, man, this is what I want to do when I get older. You know, I almost, I almost went to school for it. I started going to school for it and then backed out because I got nervous about paying money. <laughs> but, but, you know, I was like, understandable. And, yeah. And then, you know, obviously social media pops up and it gives you that opportunity to live out your dream. And it's, it's it's a beautiful thing. So definitely, I, I tell you, boy, I feel you on that one. God, I feel you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and that draft, you know, it's funny. The only other draft I think that we can compare that to is when the Redskins did everything for RG3. Yeah. The Washington football team did everything for RG3. And we've only, only seen that twice. And I think the Redskins were involved in both of them. Uh, the Redskins, they traded the picks with the Redskins, right? If I'm not, yep. uh, yeah, yeah. So it's a, both times. Uh, and I'm sitting there, sitting there saying to myself, like, man, it was, I remember watching that draft and he got the got the dreads on and everything. Mike Dicker, boy. Oh, boy, that was tough. <laughs> now, um, you know, with that being said, you, you, you've got a very popular podcast, man. I mean, you've been you've been working in the podcast game, you know, for a while now. And you have done everything uh, to bring your show to where it is now. Um, tell us about those beginnings. Um, tell us about, you know, um, you know, just taking your brand, you know, uh, to that next level. So, yeah, at the beginning, man, it was just something that I thought I could do. It'll be fun. I remember I was at work one day and uh, my job at that time consisted of answering a lot of emails. So literally I would just be listening to sports radio, sports podcasts or music. Um, but mostly sports podcasts while I was doing my work. And I was listening to the His and Hers podcast, Michael Smith, Jamel Hill. And I was arguing back and forth with one of my friends at work about something in sports. For the life of me, I can't remember what it was, but we was going back and forth the whole day. And I remember saying, hey, man, we should start a podcast. You know, I remember listening to them, not saying that I would ever be as good as Michael Smith and Jamel Hill, what they do. Right. I remember listening and thinking, I could do this. And I think I could do this on a high level. And I was like, I just, I don't know if I can do it by myself, but let me see if I can get somebody who was, you know, as passionate about sports as I am and see if they would want to do it. And me and my friend from work, we started it. Literally was recording on my phone when we first started it. Uh, and from there, he liked the process of coming in and talking about sports, but he didn't like the rest of the process. Right. The process you talk about with branding it. It's a, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's, it a, it's a lot of work. <laughs> It is. That's the part that a lot of people don't understand is the rest of it. Even coming up with the content is a hard, you know, a hard part to do at a high level. But then you have to market it, get people to listen to it. Why should somebody listen to me when they have so many different options out there? You have to make sure you stand out. Um, so from there, we did some, a few episodes and I fell in love with it. From there, I went and searched on the computer how to get better equipment. What, a, what equipment I can get at a good price because I ain't balling. So we're going <laughs> out. Yeah, give me what I, I want a ball on a budget. Help yeah, me get there. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, what equipment can I get at a decent price? Started looking into it. And next thing you know, I fell in love with it. And 
from there, I started reaching out to different people on Twitter, on Facebook. And I started realizing it was such a big community. And I've met so many people from the process of starting podcasting um, that now it's like a family. I can reach out right. to any of those guys if I need something, or girls if I need something. And it's so, it's so dope. And for me, the process, I've been doing it now for four, four and a half years. Mm -hmm. And for me, the process of getting it to a point now where I can say that I'm truly proud of where it is and right. how many people listen to it. It was a process of making sure that I took it seriously, but also have fun. Like you mentioned, I'm gonna have fun with the videos. Uh, I'm gonna have fun on the podcast. I'm always gonna have a good time, but also take it seriously enough to where it's going to become something. And I'm still not there yet where I wanna be, but I'm moving forward. And when it comes to just building a brand or trying to build a podcast, it's about reaching out to people. You're going to get a lot of no's. Like, a lot I mean, of no's. <laughs> yeah. A lot of no's, man. Woo! The no's be punching you in the chest sometimes. You're like, <laughs> man, you ain't had to do me like that. You know, yeah, I, you're gonna... But I'll tell you what I will say. I, I like to get the no instead of you just ghosting me. At yeah. least I'm like, all right, at least you responded to me. I, I, I'll take that. I'll take that. Exactly. Exactly. Like those, sometimes when you don't get the response at all, you're like, ah, did he see it? They just not, yeah. <laughs> like, do I do I ask again? Right, Am I right. Annoying. I mess around and get blocked now because I didn't know if you if you saw it the first time. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, it's definitely better to get a no than a no response. Um, but you have to get used to that. You have to the first few times you get those no's, you're like, okay, you know. But then also, for me, I've learned to not only try to reach up, but reach to the side. People that you feel maybe on the same level as you right. work together to right. get up. Um, so. I've had guests who are considered quote unquote celebrities or, you know, big time people, but honestly, the best guests are the people who are grinding with you, who are on that same level yes, with you because most definitely, most yeah, definitely. they're the ones that's trying to make it with you. So for me, it's about reaching out to the side. I think I heard Issa Rae say that um, first, like she said, the reason she made it to have Insecure and in all these movies now is the fact that when she was doing Awkward Black Girl on YouTube, she reached out to the side to work out with people to build her way up. Um, so for me, I want to do that same thing. I, I, man, I, the way you put that is perfect. I mean, that's exactly like how I feel. You know, you see, you know, and like I was telling you before the show, that's what this show is about. Getting a chance to 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 talk about the talk with those people who are grinding. Yeah, we have the occasional, um, you know, big name person, maybe football player, basketball player, so on and so on. But I, this show also is to let people know, man, look, hey, if you're out there trying to grind, you can't give up. You don't give up on it because it can happen, but you got to be consistent. And it's tough. It's tough at times. There's a lot of times I said, man, bump this. Maybe I should just quit and do it. You know, did it cross my mind? Yeah. But in the end, I was like, my passion was just too deep. And I know exactly. you feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely had those moments where maybe like if you, for me, I do YouTube as well. And I've had moments where YouTube numbers going up, going up, going up, going up. And then boom, they just drop. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what is going on? What did happen? How did I lose five people? And why did why are they mad at me? Like, what did I? Do? I haven't even posted nothing in two days. Like, what what happened? Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. I'll never forget. Like, I had one video I did about Adrian Broner um, after he lost to Manny Pacquiao, mm -hmm. and that one skyrocketed, crazy views. I'm thinking, okay. I remember I gained a bunch of subscribers. I'm like, okay, this is it right here. I'm about to quit my job. This <laughs> is the moment. <laughs> this is the moment. 
And I was like, all right, let me just start doing videos, like just packing it in so I can capitalize on this moment. And it then it kind of just plateaued. And at that moment, like, dang, is it worth it? But then you come back to it. Doesn't matter about the numbers. Am I putting out quality content? Exactly. Am I passionate about it? And when you come to that point where you're like, okay, don't matter the numbers. The numbers are great when they come in, but you can't be stuck on that. If there's anybody watching this right now who's thinking about doing it, yes, you can't be stuck on the numbers. You got to be stuck <laughs> on the quality of content that you create. Exactly. Because you're going to yeah. see one view. You're going to see, you know, 10 views. You're yeah. like, man, 10, this is some great work. I mean, there's been days that I've put in video work, made the graphics myself, do all of this. And I'm like, man, this video is going to be sweet. 33 views. Like, man, 33. Like, you got to be kidding me, man. I put so much work in. And then the crazy thing is, video that I didn't even put the most work in, 10,000 views. You're like, you got to be kidding me. I don't yeah. put all this prettiness in this and, and the, 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 the cheap one. But I'll take it regardless. Yeah. But it's like, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> no, that's, that's, it's so real. Like, there's been videos where, like you said, I'm, I set everything up. I got the right lighting. <laughs> I got, the, I done put in the graphics. I done put in stats, everything. I, and, and you know, like, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I'm dropping it right when news is dropping. I'm like, this is going to be first to be up. One of the first things people see when they search it, like, this is going to be good. <laughs> it's been, and it gets, you know, little views. And then there's been ones that I've done, like, literally, I've been at work on a lunch break. I'm like, oh, let me just do something in my car. And that's the one that, like, blow, blows up. Blows up. <laughs> like, man, shoot. But yeah, it's a crazy ride. It's definitely yeah. a crazy ride. Now, let's go and swing to something I know that's near and dear in your heart, because right now you're rocking that that Nola got it, got it. So we got to go and talk the world of sports there for those two wonderful teams. I know you have other teams that you like. I know you love boxing, but we got to focus on these two teams because they're very high profile teams now, probably a lot more high profile than they were when you were like Saints when you were growing up in New Orleans, obviously because of Zion Williamson being there. But let's start off with the Pelicans, man. Like, what are your overall thoughts on this Pelicans team? You, you got everybody say you, you hit the lottery a couple of years ago and you got Zion. Uh, you know, you made the trade with the Lakers a couple of years back and brought in some some decent pieces. Uh, and it seems like the team has the talent to take it to that next level. But will it ever happen? Can it happen? Tell us. Talk to us about the New Orleans Pelicans. So the Pelicans have a very talented team, also a very young team. And with young, not only players, but young people in general, they're very inconsistent. Right. Right. We've all been 21, 22 years old. We weren't the most consistent people at that time. And we magnify that by the fact that they're on TV, mm -hmm. they're paid all these millions of dollars and they have all this pressure coming on them at the same time while being young and just trying to figure it out, they're gonna be inconsistent. Right. Um, so that's the biggest issue with the Pelicans right now is inconsistency, especially on defense, right? Defensively, there'll be some nights where you see them playing like, okay, this is a very good defensive team. Right. Then the next night they'll go out and lose to the Timberwolves by 30. You're like, <laughs> like, how, how did this happen? How can you lose to the Timberwolves after beating? They'll beat like the Clippers. Right. That's the thing. They'll beat a team like the Clippers and then turn around and lose to the Timberwolves. Uh, but when you say hit the lottery Zion, it's starting to hit now how lucky we got. Because now we're starting to see exactly how good he is. Right. And the future is so bright with him. And it's not only the fact that he's just this, you know, freakish athlete, Right. We know we knew coming in he was 6'6, 280, and could still jump 45 inches off the ground. Crazy just stuff. yeah, it's just Crazy nuts. Stuff. But the part that surprises you when you watch is his basketball IQ. The fact that now he gets the rebound, he can just run point. 
and he can set up the whole offense, facilitating everything. If he sees the right play, he can make it. And he's so good that people like last night against the Knicks, we lost the game, but there was times where the Knicks were literally like, okay, we're going to just stack the inside five people. We're not letting you drive. Right. He does a move or two and he's in there. You're like, how did he do that? How did he, <laughs> and you know, he wants to drive because he doesn't want to shoot the ball that often. And the thing is he can shoot. He will do it. If you leave him just like naked wide open, he'll shoot the ball, but he just wants to drive to the rim. And he can do that. Uh, Brandon Ingram, is the closest thing to Kevin Durant that we have in the league. Right. You think about somebody who's that tall, that long, who has those type of handles, can shoot from anywhere. Those two guys are your building blocks. Lonzo Ball has improved so much with his jump shot. Such a great passer, high basketball IQ, great defense. Um, so for us, man, it's on Stan Van Gundy to get these young players to Stan. play defense on a consistent basis, right? And it hasn't been that good this year, but I want to give him some leeway, right? Because it's a short off season, very short training camp. This season is crazy. So it's condensed and you don't have that much practice time. So he hasn't had time to implement his defense, right? right. Um, but we have seen some strides these last few weeks. So just to bring that all, just to bring it all together and summarize it, the Pelicans are a very talented team, but young. So that consistency is going to come hopefully by next year. Um, I think we can still make the play-in game this year. Uh, I think we're in 11th or 12th spot, if I remember correctly right now. The loss last night to the Knicks didn't help. Um, but we can get into that play-in game and maybe even get into the playoffs if you win, you know, the play-in game. And I can see us if we get the 10th spot and we play against a Dallas, even though, you know, Luka's a monster. I can see us winning that game right. and getting in. Um, so we have an opportunity here to get some growth, but I'm looking forward to the next few seasons for the Pelicans and really being a championship contender, not too far away. Yeah, I've always, you know, Stan has had his moments. I've always felt like he's had teams that helped him get to the playoffs, but it really hasn't maybe materialized after that. I mean, he was in Miami for, you know, uh, a time frame. You know, I'm a huge Heat fan. So he was in Miami for that time frame before Pat Riley came in there and hijacked the spot. <laughs> and took him there. So, I mean, Stan is obviously a, a good coach. He doesn't maybe get, you know, uh, the love he gets or deserves sometimes or whatever, but I'm, I'm interested to see that as well. Uh, I got a chance to see Zion a couple years ago um, at UVA. It was a crazy night, man, when they were playing Duke and I was sitting there watching. I said, like, wow, this guy's amazing. I mean, I remember him blocking DeAndre Hunter's three-pointer. DeAndre Hunter was in the corner and he ran from like the other half of the court and blocked it into the crowd. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, the talent was there I, and, and I saw it and I said, he, he's going to be very, very, very special. But I like, I like, I like to see what the, what the Pelicans do over the next couple of years. Now, yeah. let's, let's talk some Saints. Cause I mean, it's, this is going to be a very interesting one. I got a chance to talk to Derek Kelly, uh, Saints offensive lineman at, at, in the first episode of, of this season. And, you know, I asked him about, you know, protecting Drew Brees and, you know, did you get a little bit of extra pressure when you know you got the, you know, and, and a lot of people's eyes, one of the goats, if not the goat, especially statistic wise in the NFL all time behind you. And he was like, man, it, it's you can't can't let Brees get you know, like this. So he knows <laughs> the understanding. So with all that being said, now there's no Drew Brees. You know, you got Taysom Hill. You got uh, Jameis Winston. I mean, what's the and there's a very talented offense on this team. Very, very good de defensive pieces. Where does this team go from here? Where does this team go from here? So I think from here we surprise people, and 
for me, I think Jameis Winston is going to be the starter. Uh, Taysom Hill, we saw last year when Drew Brees got hurt, right? Drew Brees cracked all the ribs. I didn't even know we had that many ribs. <laughs> when he broke all those ribs. Uh, so, yeah, we saw Taysom Hill last year, and he was able to go 3-1. and one. You'll hear a lot of Saints fans say, why wouldn't we let Taysom start? He went 3-1 and one last year. You got to look past just the 3-1. and one, Right. Right. Two of those wins came against Atlanta. And shout out to Danny Thompson. Atlanta sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Danny, that burns just a little bit. <laughs> Uh, all love for Danny, man. But you know, I got messed with him being a Falcons fan. And uh, the other one came against Denver, who had no QBs due to COVID. <laughs> so the only reason he was the best QB in that game because the other team was starting a practice squad wide receiver at QB. <laughs> so you look at the three and one, and then the loss came against Philadelphia, which who wasn't good last year. So when you look at that three and one, you got to really look at it and be like, okay, Taysom Hill is very limited as far as a QB. Now I love him as the Swiss army knife type right? that jack of all trades plays some wide receiver, some running back, some tight end QB every once in a while. I love him in that role. Jameis Winston, we know has talent. You know, you don't become a number one overall pick in a draft without talent. Exactly. You don't throw 5,000 yards without talent. You don't throw 33 touchdowns without talent. Now the problem is that came with 30 interceptions, right? Right. Now, if there's anybody who can coach those interceptions down, you're never going to coach them out of him. He's never going to be Aaron Rodgers with a four to one touchdown to interception ratio. He's never going to be that guy. But if you get him down to 15, 12 interceptions, then he could be successful in this league. Right. And I think Sean Payton is the one guy who can do that. And for me, Sean Payton has given me no reason to not believe in him. Right. We just, you know, we joked earlier about the Saints when I was growing up. But pre-Drew Brees and Sean Payton, the Saints were a joke, right? We had one playoff win in our history before Sean Payton. And now we're considered a contender year in and year out. Every year. Every year. Every year. So you have to trust in him. If he sees something in Jameis Winston that he can turn around, I trust in him. And we have the weapons to make him look good. And honestly, the past few years, Drew Brees, as great as he is, we saw the arm being gone. That's like right. the, talent, the arm talent wasn't there anymore. He was more doing it mentally. So with Jameis, he has the arm. So now we're going to have the offense be even more explosive. Weapons like Traquan Smith and Deontay Harris, guys who are burners, they're going to be able to go deep and just launch it. He can go and they can go get it. Drew Brees no longer could do that, you know, later in his career. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm really excited about that aspect. Like you mentioned, our defense is still good. Uh, even with the salary cap issues that were you know so publicized, yeah, we're, we're able to keep our core intact. So we have so much talent there. I believe in a draft we might have to look at a wide receiver to replace Emmanuel Sanders or maybe a cornerback, right? Uh, because Marshawn Lattimore has some legal stuff going on. He may get suspended, um, but overall our team is still gonna be very good. Now the now the division is a little tougher now. We got a Super Bowl champs in our division. Tom Brady who doesn't age in our division. <laughs> so that's gonna be a little tougher we you know we're right now you know shout out to the, the nfc south fans i have to always say we're back to back to back to back <laughs> nfc south champions <laughs> but that might change this upcoming year with the bucks but i still believe the saints are a playoff team and could be a contender with Jameis winston well i hope to see Jameis winston get that opportunity um and you know i always thought that green bay should have never let Taysom hill go 
he could easily be our backup quarterback right now, and we could be using him in that aspect. I always thought Taysom Hill was a, and this is no disrespect to Tim Tebow, but I thought he was a sexier version of Tebow. Like he, yeah. everything that people wanted Tebow to be, that's what Taysom Hill is and more. So, yeah. uh, but Jameis Winston, um, I think is the is the right move in this situation. You got to give him the shot. You got yeah. him on the cheap. You know, you got to go make the move and see if he can be that guy. He got, he did get this eye, he did get his eyes fixed. You know, he went and got the lenses. Maybe he just had that double vision and maybe it's just going to be a lot better. But Sean Payton's the right guy. If anybody's going to fix Jameis Winston and his problems, it'll be Sean Payton. Definitely, definitely. Got to trust in Sean Payton. Exactly. All right, y'all. Now it's time for the favorite, my favorite, my favorite segment of the show. It is time for quick ones. The Damian Adams edition of Quick Ones. Damian, are you excited for the Quick Ones version? This is the Damian Adams version. Uh, Damian Adams version of Quick Ones. Well, words all tongue-tied. <laughs> but are you ready for Quick Ones, sir? Yes, sir. All right. Well, let's get this party started with my favorite two to ask. First, we're going to give you, give me your favorite sports moment of all time. Favorite sports moment has to be Super Bowl forty-four. Saints over the Colts. Uh, first time I ever cried over a sports event. <laughs> yeah, I was I was in the Navy and I was watching it and uh, we had like a big rec center and I was front row watching it. And when Tracy Porter caught the interception to seal the deal and he's running back, pointing with the ball in his hand, man, tears started coming down. And I was like, man, why am I crying? This is crazy. <laughs> because, man, it's a long time. It's a yeah. long time to be waiting for that thing. Boy, if Seattle ever does it, I probably will cry. If the <laughs> Seattle Mariners ever win the World Series, I'll probably cry. I probably will. I'll, I'll probably cry. I, I definitely, like I said, I can't even laugh at you, bro, because I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, obviously with the favorite, we got to talk about the worst sports moment. What about that worst sports moment? Man, uh, I got a lot to choose from with the Saints, man. <laughs> but uh, for the worst one, uh, man, I have to go Minnesota Miracle. Uh, Minnesota Miracle was so devastating. I was watching it at my mother, my now mother-in-law's house. And <laughs> it was the first time she heard me curse. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I remember I, I had my Saints hat on. I threw it across the room. I was like, how? And the thing that people forget about that game is Minnesota dominated most of the game. Right. For like the first two and a half quarters. And then Drew Brees engineered this comeback. We come back and we're winning now with 10 seconds left yeah. after this great comeback. That's the, the part people forget. It was a great comeback. So Beautiful comeback. <laughs> my emotions were just off the charts happy. And then in that moment, when I see my man miss the tackle by a mile, Stefan Diggs come down. Stefan Diggs surprised he came down and nobody's there. <laughs> he was like, whoa. <laughs> and he run to the end zone, take his helmet off and fling it to the side. And people just, oh my God. And then one of my best friends I was in the Navy with, a Minnesota Vikings fan, text me oh, right away. He had to call you. <laughs> he, oh man, how dare he? <laughs> dirty, dirty individual. Listen, man, you shouldn't have done it to that man. Leave that man alone. Oh man, but yeah, that's definitely the worst one right there. Cause we had a team that was a Super Bowl contender. And to lose like that after a great comeback, it, it was painful, man. It was painful. Yeah, I, I I look, been there. I talk about my Z show, but it, it, it helps me cope. And <laughs> every time I think about that onside kick in Seattle in the 2015 NFC Championship game, I will never never let that one go. All he had to do was hold on the ball. This, better yet, not even not touch it at this point. 
Yeah. And we could have been in the Super Bowl, but that's... He might still have a job if he didn't touch the ball. might still have a job (laughs) if he didn't touch the football. Then he went to Detroit, and that was it from there. Uh, (laughs) Next one. Uh, Favorite athlete of all time. Who's your favorite athlete of all time? Favorite athlete of all time. I have to go with Roy Jones Jr. Uh, Yeah, reason I fell in love with boxing was Roy Jones he did it with such style, man. The flash, the swag he had in the ring. I don't think we've ever seen anybody with that combination of power, speed, and skill in the ring in his prime. Um, I think my goat in boxing is Floyd Mayweather because of his longevity and how long he was dominant. But in Roy Jones's prime, I take him against anybody 200 pounds or less in his prime. Right. Like, I don't think anybody could beat the 1998 version of Roy Jones Jr., man. That that dude was something else, man. And my, like, the moment that i never forget where I was just the most shocked. A lot of people talk about when Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson. For me, it was when Antonio Tarver knocked out Roy Jones Jr. I was, never forget oh. where I was at my grandma's house watching it. And I literally fell out of my chair when he didn't get up. And when he got up and was still dizzy, I was like, oh, my God. And that was what made me a basketball player. Because I was like, I was thinking about doing boxing. I was like, with Roy Jones get knocked out, anybody can get knocked out. I'm not doing this. <laughs> right, right, right. That's true. That's true. Look, hey, I, I'd have been like, man, I, I, first of all, I don't think I've ever been in a fight in my life. So I'm not even going to put myself in that predicament. So uh, <laughs> next one. Now, obviously, being in the journalism game, is there name one person, dead or alive, doesn't make a difference, that you would love to ha- interview? If just if you if you had 10 to 15 minutes, you say, man, can I interview this person? Who would it be? Man, there's so many that I would love so to have. So many tough yeah, ones. It's a tough one. Um, but if I had to choose just one, I would go Muhammad Ali. Um, just for everything that he went through throughout his career and life. And you're talking about, you know, a lot of people's goat in boxing. So I would love to ask him about his his matches. Love to ask him about that time he was away. And, you know, did he ever regret it when he was away? And just, you know, all the things he's done after, all the things he did afterwards. Uh, I think it would be a great interview, even if it was just 15 minutes. I would love to talk for Muhammad Ali for that time. I think that thing would be amazing. I, you know, yeah. it's funny, I would actually go outside of the sports world. Um, I think I would I would either, one, go with – it would either be Luther Vandross. Ooh. Or uh, three. It would be Luther, Marvin Gaye, or Michael Jackson. It would have to be one of the three. Maybe Biggie, because I love Biggie, but I would say those three would be the ones I, I would have to be like, I just need this interview. I, I just want to. I just want to talk. Michael Jackson probably be the one I end up choosing overall because I'm such a big Michael Jackson fan growing up, and his music influenced me so much growing up. It would have to be the one for me. All right. So last one, as we talk about music, give me your top three artists. If the, I don't know if you if you I'll let you do. You want to do all time or right now? Ooh, uh, top three artists. I'll go all time. All right. Cool. And man, that's tough, man. For me. Like, cause you, you want to separate music. It's hard to separate the best from your favorites. Right, 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 right. Um, but when I go top three artists of all time, people that just no matter the time or day, they their music is great. So Michael Jackson, like you mentioned, the guy be in my top three. Um, for me, I grew up on Rakim. Hey, um, I, yeah, third. my, my okay. cleaning up the house on Saturday mornings. My dad would always play Rakim. exactly right we was getting don't sweat the technique while i'm sweeping this rug right now sweeping this this floor see the technique son huh (laughs) don't sweat it baby don't sweat it (laughs) 
So yeah, it would be Michael Jackson, Rakim. And then I'll go now, the person that I like the most now, and I'll put in that conversation is J. Cole. I think J. Cole's ability to tell stories and his ability to go from telling the story from his days as a youth to talking about something political now. I love his range. Um, so I'm a big J. Cole fan. I love that list. That's a, that's, a, that's a solid of a list that you can go there, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And that was the Damian Adams edition of Quick Ones here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. And Damian, once again, before we get off of this bad boy, we want to thank you for coming on. We want to uh, thank you uh, for all the hard work that you've been putting in on your platform and all the content that you have going on. But before we go, we have to know, we have to know if you got anything going on special. We want you to shout out the show. And of course, we want you to leave your legacy and tell us what type of legacy you want to leave uh, in this game. Well, thank you so much for having me on, man. This is, you know, so, so dope to be on your show that, I, you know, I've been watching other people be on. They're like, when are you going to get me on, man? When are you going to get me on? <laughs> <laughs> so man, I, I definitely appreciate his honor, bro. Uh, but for the show, the real deal with Damian Adams is available on all podcast platforms. I do it weekly, so at least once a week you're going to get an episode. Go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I also do another one called the Third and Three Podcast, which I do along with Jason Fairman and Nikki Jest. It's more of a football-based show. But we'll also get into some pop culture. You got a lot of laughs on both shows, man. You're gonna have a good time listening to both. Uh, also, for me, the real deal with Damian Adams YouTube channel. I just mentioned that one. If you want to get, you know, some therapy after some Saints games, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and check it out. Also, do some Pelicans recaps and just overall basketball. Period. A lot on the show and boxing as well on the YouTube channel. And as far as my legacy, I just want to. Whenever you listen to The Real Deal with Damian Adams or you watch a video, I want you to either be entertained or I want you to think. Like that's gonna be that's what I want to be my legacy. The fact that either you came to my podcast or my video or whatever I did that day, and I made you think or I made you laugh. I just made you feel something. And I think with the real deal with Damian Adams, you're always gonna feel something. And that's what the legacy I wanna leave behind. Ladies and gentlemen, my man, Damian Adams of The Real Deal with Damian Adams, and of course, the three-point conversion, man. Look, brother, truly appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, definitely gonna have to hit you up for some other things down the road, man. We, we, you know, maybe get you on Legacy on Fire. That might be, I'd love to have you come on Legacy on Fire with the boys and, and, and get some stuff going on there, brother. Oh, definitely, man. Whenever you need me, just let me know and I'm there, bro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 38 of the Legacy Maker Sports Network's one-on-one -on -one with yours truly. Until next time, y'all be safe. You take care of yourself. Peace out. One, 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 one. Welcome to the one-on-one, one-on-one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the one-on-one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to one-on-one at Legacy Maker Sports Network.